0: People, welcome back to another episode of the either the Arsenio Buck Perspective or the Arsenio's ESL Podcast, man. Today is going to be an unbelievably special one, man. I am so grateful because, again, I've said before that I'm so grateful for being able to connect with a lot of different people. And, again, me being my own shepherd and a lot of people being their own shepherd, I'm not a person that always jumps into others' tables. You know, I believe that I am a manifestor. Of the greatness, and I'm so grateful today because I've been able to manifest before my eyes. Oh my god, Cassandra Bobzak. See, none of you obviously, you know, considering that this is on the ESL podcast, and again, Cassandra, this considering that there are 199 countries that listen to that, especially out here in Asia, which is going to be pretty phenomenal for a lot of people because this is going to end you know, open them up to a lot of insight, but nonetheless, man, I'm so grateful for having uh, Cassandra here today. Again, a thought leader, you know, she's she's done some acting. Um, she's been alongside Anthony Bourdain. She is an author. We're over now, we're going to be talking about her journal, which has just launched in America today, which I'm so excited about. And <laughs> yeah. I was scanning over this journal and I'm like, oh man, there are three pillars and there's some great stuff in here. And a number of other things that we're going to reveal throughout uh, in regards to her course called The Process, uh, The Spiritual Awakening Journal, which we're going to be basing this on and a number of other things and great things that I'm going to be putting into the links in the description and everything. So with that being said, Cassandra, thank you so much for joining today.
1: And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. You're very, very welcome. And for everyone out there, okay, I've already already given the basis of everything, but considering that, man, there are just so many people around the world that listen to this If you want to add upon anything else, you know, within your journey that you want to tell the world about and then I'm just going to start plucking things out from there and relating it back to this wonderful journal that you have that is just so that's just a huge self expression for everyone, which is one of the pillars we're going to be discussing today so.
1: Yes. give
0: a nice little introduction into everything let's go
1: all right all right so right now I'm a spiritual mentor I work with people all over the world one-on-one and in my programs and I'm a three-time author so I have a book called eat with intention a book called manifesting through meditation and then this new baby the spiritual awakening journey journal that just came out today and I have a range of online programs um, that are really meant to help people divinely design their life and really take back their creatorship and create amazing things in their life. And my whole journey, how I got started doing that, I didn't just decide one day, I was like, I'm going to be a spiritual mentor and author and speaker. Um, I went through my own awakening journey. So I had my own awakening around food, having a lot of, you know, kind of like mystery illness symptoms, getting clarity on that through food allergies and through connecting to my body's wisdom and really refining my diet. And that's kind of how my first like inquisitive, self-inquisitive journey began with starting that blog. And then when I was 25, my little brother got diagnosed with an autoimmune um, condition that's called primary sclerosing chloringitis. And essentially, it is where your, your body attacks both your liver and your intestinal tract. And so his you know, life expectancy was really up in the air. He's stable right now and, and with us today. Um, but there was a few years there where we were really, really scared. Um, and... That is what really brought me to my knees, and that's what really made me surrender the fact that like I had any clue of how to kind of navigate this or or any clue, you know, what I was kind of trying to manipulate with my little human hands, um, and really lean into God and the universe and source. And I'm a big believer of like higher power of your own design. So whatever, you know, as you're listening to this, whatever higher power you connect to, that's what I'm talking about. Fill that name in. And so I connected with that higher power who I call God, but, um, and, and I really heard meditate, meditate, and it was at a time where I really did not know how to handle that level of mortality and, and sickness and sadness and all the things that was going on. And. And so I started meditating. I really just started doing research, looking into different kinds of meditations. And I was living in New York at the time. So I went to a Buddhist monastery in Brooklyn. I went to a Vedic training. I went to Kundalini. I listened to Abraham Hicks, like you name it. I just like tried all the different things. I was like in such a dark place that I was like, let's try the buffet, you know? And (laughs) and that... (laughs) Started changing my life. You know, that's why I'm here today doing what I do now. It's because as I started meditating more and more, I started naturally connecting to those desires, plugging into my higher power, remembering the truth of who I am, and then slowly taking action from that place. So I would do, you know, the actions that I were taking weren't from like my strategic brain, it was from my intuitive center and slowly but surely the blog started blowing up people would ask me to coach them from all over and I ended up getting certified in, in holistic wellness and being able to coach and and then next thing you know producers from ABC are calling me up saying we want to have you on this show with Anthony Bourdain and Nigel Lawson Marcus Samuelson little Lefebvre and I'm just like what and it was all I really believe that and since then you know it's only continued to get wonderful, you know, then like the book came out, I did a speaking tour, you know, I started shifting at, at that point, after things started like really popping off, um, I felt called, So I originally had that success around food and intuitive eating and connecting to your body, but I felt really called to share more about this journey of life creation, right? This journey of divinely designing your life and being like, if there was any gift I could give to people beyond like these recipes and and what meditations in this book, it would be really walking them through this like process of how they can divinely design their life so that they can live whatever their version of this dream is for them. Um, and that is where I've ended up today with my most recent books with manifesting through meditation and with the spiritual awakening journey, journal, I keep on saying journey. It is a spiritual awakening journey and a journal (laughs) and, and all the, you know, talks and things I do today. So that's a little bit of a background as to how I got to be, uh, where I am and why I teach what I teach.
0: And, you know right after you had that awakening and when it was brought to your knees, that's when you went on a journey of self-discovery, which we're gonna talk about, you know? And then it was just like a shot up to so many different things. And, you know, this is something that we talked about, like, you know, at the very end of our our previous talk, and it's like, you're probably asking yourself throughout the journey, why me? But it all Mm -hmm. comes back to that awakening, like, we've all hit rock bottom at some point. I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast where you are brought to your knees. Uh, You know, there was in 2013, I was brought to my knees, uh, you know, because of a very nasty racially influenced event that had happened out here in Thailand. And then 2015, I had my calling. And I canceled the trip to Singapore. I lost about $400. I didn't really care though. Was it like, oh my God, I was like, okay, so what now? But then there was it wasn't an actual voice, but it was it was an intuition that was saying, go to the bookstore. And I'm like, "Okay." so I had to take a huge trek, like 30 kilometers, about 18 miles, all the way to a goddamn bookstore where I walked. I don't know, unconsciously into the personal development section. And there it was, Napoleon Hill's Law of Success. And that was the beginning of my journey and documenting my journey. And so. You know, we were talking about it last time and seeing that you started going on that, that self-discovery, that awakening and through meditation. A lot of people are really scared to take that first step. And again, given the fact that this is a huge, you know, the, the top 10 countries in this podcast, like, you know, six of them are from Asia and then a couple are from Europe and then we got USA and whatnot. But a lot of them are scared to take that first big step because of cultural codes, because of social, you know, and all these other things, like when you hit rock bottom, and when you fell to your knees, you said, "There is no other way of going about doing this. i'm I have to do this or or else, oh my God, it could be far worse." So when you started going throughout this process, and it's the journey, and you said it's it is a journey, like. When did you become so attached to the journey that you were like, well, I don't know what the end goal is but I'm gonna go throughout this process. And this process is gonna be like a Mount Everest, they're gonna be tornadoes, they're gonna be hurricanes, they're gonna be all these different things that are happening throughout this mountain. But you were so attached to the journey. Like, what was that for you?
1: I think, you know, that's the difference of like when you approach your spiritual awakening journey and your meditation journey from a place like me or you did, where something, there was something that was, you know, dramatic and negative, perceived negative, I would say, that happened, right, that we interpreted, and what that did, it was was like a shattering that happened with it, right, and so in that moment, it's almost like, you know, whether it is, you know, a job loss, or an illness, or a loved one passing, or a breakup, or whatever kind of thing happens, and we have those kind of, like, bigger moments, so to speak then there is a level of surrender that happens with them because it's almost like we have the realization that we don't know what to do right? And so much of what gets in the way is our like human mind feeling like we have the master plan. And as soon as we get out of the way, then like God can roll with the actual master plan. (laughs) Um, and, And it can happen a lot faster for us. And it's always for our highest good. And so I find that sometimes it's easier because you have these events that I would call very humbling, right? Like when everything was going on with my brother, it was very humbling because even though, you know, I was, you know, straight A student, did, you know, very like well studied, well read, like all the different things, had all these like, you know, quote unquote check boxes. I was completely helpless in this matter that mattered more to me than anything, right? And I mean, helpless, you know, obviously I did my research, I did all the things that I could do on the human plane, but also I knew there was that feeling that I'm ultimately helpless because it's in God's hands now, right? And I don't know what, you know, my brother's journey is meant to be, right? And I have to, I have to show up for, at that time, I was like, I just have to show up to be the best version of me to hold space for him during that, right? And so in that, like in that first instance, what it looked like was me and that moment, like all the dreams and visions I had, they kind of were on the back burner, right? It was mostly, it was like, I need to get to a place of peace. I need to get to a place of emotional stability so that I can be, you know, a good advocate for him in the hospital so that I can be someone that can help take care of him. That's what has to happen so that I can show up for him during this like horrible time in his life. And that was my, for probably the first time in my life that superseded any of my own personal desires. Right. And so I was I was committed to the journey because I was in that place of being like what I want more than anything is like peace and emotional stability and like clarity of mind so that I can be of service to someone I really love. And so I think when we have those moments it's really helpful another version of that is like you have the breakup or the job loss or whatnot, right? You have this moment where something that was this like comfortable constant in your life gets pulled away, usually by surprise, right? It gets pulled away and then we're humbled. We're on our knees again. We realized that like we thought we knew what the plan was. We thought we knew what we were doing. We we had had signed up, we had gone to school and then worked with that company because we knew it was inevitable. We were gonna climb the corporate ladder and we were gonna get to a certain place and all of a sudden it's a big plot twist. Right? Oh, we thought that that was the person that we were going to marry. We we're going to end up with, and then it falls apart. Oh, plot twist! Right? And in those kind of plot twisty moments, they're often easier, I think, entry points to your spiritual awakening because you're so humbled and you're so surrendered, and you're like, really? If if that, I thought I was sure about that, and if that's not a sure thing, then clearly I don't know everything right? And in that moment, we have that opportunity to surrender and to connect with the divine and to realize that there is a higher plan. um, And we can get back into that space. Now, a lot of people that might be listening to you might be from a place of what I would call um, a headache, more than uh, like a headache level of pain, right? Where it's like, you kind of know that what you're doing isn't working, that you're not feeling super fulfilled with life or you're not really something you're not really getting you know the love that you want or the the career that you want or the impact you want or the health that you know there's something that you feel like is just not really working um but it hasn't reached that kind of like cut off your arm level of pain that some of the plot twists can give you um that's a different approach to it right and so for that I think it is that's why you know I'm excited about the journal is because it's a way to just start that journey from a place of self-discovery start that journey from a place of you know connecting to your inner peace and have it be more of an exploration than a necessity which is, you'll go the same path, right? You'll go the same path. It's just, it's a little bit different, right? Like if you cut off your arm, it's like very obvious, it'd probably be very obvious that like you need to go to the hospital or you need to get, you know, some pain medicine or whatever you need to do with some herbal medicine to help take care of your arm being cut off, right? That, so it's like in, on that level, it's easy, right? Where if like you have a headache, you're probably not going to go to the hospital for a headache right? You might not even take uh, any medicine for a headache, right? You kind of have to be discerning of if I'm going to, am I going to investigate this headache? Am I going to say, did I drink enough water today? What could I have a headache from? Am I looking at the screen too much, right? Am I just going to take, you know, whatnot, right? So it's, I think a lot of people now, you have mixed view. I'm sure some people are in that, my arm just got cut off, plot twist moment, and I'm like, ready to hear this. And that's why they're listening to the podcast. And then I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are just having a headache, and they're like, I think there's gotta be something more to life than this. I think there's gotta be something better. And that's another great place to start.
0: Uh, Who, boy. Okay, so looking, looking at that, that journey of self-discovery, like when you go back to what had happened with your brother. Now, obviously you were talking about, okay, academically sound, this sound, this sound, like you were all level-headed, but when it came to when that happened, your story switched. And so in self-discovery, you talk about write a story, and, and this is obviously in the journal, write a story that truly resembles who you are. But a lot of people, it feels like they could be the villain in their own story. They could be a totally different character of what other people tell them to be in their own story. You know, and a lot of people are like, man, I just cannot. So, you know, I could not be this hero when I feel like me, I was the victim of the story, mm. right? And yeah. I told you that before, like being the victim and obviously just accepting the responsibilities of other people's myopic point of view of life. And then going all the way into that 2020, when I ended up doing limited belief therapy and negative emotion therapy and the inner conflict therapy and all these different things that ended up just shifting my entire subconscious mind, because I realized I was not in the driver's seat of the car. I was not the captain of the boat. I was the passenger. I was not in control. But you and you ended up like, okay, I need to serve. That was one of the biggest key words that you said, like that serving aspect of it. And so what I'm trying to say here is if people end up writing a story about them and who they are and you know they end up writing things like you know they, well, this is who I am I come from this place and it's all negative and you know it's all shrouded by all these things but how could they go about like like changing that story you know what I mean like when can yeah. they begin to change that story because me and you especially me being out here mm-hmm. god damn I could tell you about all the family things and all blah 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 but I ended up changing the story and changing the book and creating a new book and changing the page to a chapter and if I didn't like this chapter and I didn't want to stop the chapter I'm going to delete a couple of these pages and I'm going to keep going and then sometimes I throw the book into the ocean I throw the goddamn book into the <laughs> book fire pit I do a number of different things sometimes I burn up yeah. and I blow it up so you yeah. going back to you when you look at what has happened with you went from falling onto your knees to serving and becoming a, a heroine in your story. Like, how can people differentiate between being a villain of a villain and a hero, being a victor and a victim in their story? Because if they start writing a story about themselves today, they're going to be like, man, I'm, I'm just this and this and this. And it's all about them being in themselves rather than looking at that serving part aspect of it, of when you started saying, how can I begin to help you know you're, you you know my younger brother at the time well i so. think
1: there's a couple there's a couple different ways to go about that so uh the first thing i would definitely say meditation helps right so having a daily meditation practice where you're actually connecting to the truth of who you are where you're remembering that at your core you're divine you are unlimited potential and possibilities and abundance and love and connecting to the divine inside of you every day um helps change that story greatly and then when you, having that, writing out the story, I think is helpful in you being able to see what is the story that you're living, right? Whether it good, bad, indifferent, victim, victor, whatever, like what is the story that you're carrying around with you? And, and then asking yourself, like a cup is very, very kind of like Byron katie asked questions, right? Asking yourself about some of the things, you know, is this true? Can I be really sure that this is true? And if so, is it productive? Right? So her way of how Byron Katie usually says it like, does this belief or thought give me give me stress or give me pain or whatnot? But my 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 way of doing that is asking, is this productive? Right? Because you could say, you could say about like, okay, someone said something to you that was inappropriate, right? And I could say, is it true? And you'd be like, yeah. And then you say, are you sure it's true? Right. And you can go either way, right? Maybe you say yes, maybe you say no, it doesn't matter, right? Let's say you're like, I'm absolutely sure this is completely inappropriate. They shouldn't have sent it to me, da, da, da. But then I go say, okay, but is it productive? Is it productive for you? Because in that moment, you're asking yourself, okay, well, I can cling to the fact that this person wronged me, right? And I can like allow that to hold me back from like other amazing things in my life. I can on the very basic level, I can allow that to steal my peace in this moment, right? We only get so many moments in our lifetime. How many of the moments that you get in your lifetime are you gonna allow somebody else to steal your peace, right, to steal your presence, to steal your joy? And so if it doesn't pass that test, then I would say, okay, is there something better we could believe? Is there something that we could replace that with? So for instance, a lot of people have stuff that happened with their parents growing up almost everybody i know can find like something their parents did wrong right <laughs> right god bless everyone who yeah, exactly. right and it's unavoidable it doesn't even matter like your parents would have been trying their best and most likely they were um, but even if they weren't even if they were just straight up being bad parents like everyone has their could have their thing but then thinking of okay so I have this story. My parents didn't, let's say, my parents didn't teach me about money. My parents weren't good about money. So now I'm, I'm, you know, fated to struggle with money, and that's why I always am in, in debt, and that's why I never make enough money. And it's like da da da. Okay, great. Is it true? Okay, the first grade you're going to say yes, and they're going to say is it absolutely true, but do you absolutely know that the reason that you struggle is because your parents struggle because there's no like your parents are no longer handling your finances so it's your hands that are doing all the things right, so maybe it's not even true. Right, and if you're not quite ready to admit that it might not be true, then maybe you can at least admit that it's not productive right. Because if you admit it's not productive, then in that moment, you get to change that page, right? You get to say, I've been telling the story of my parents did X, so I do Y. But Y is not what I wanna be doing, right? That end effect is like not ultimately what I envision for my life or what I want moving forward. So if I keep on telling that story about, oh, this is this way because of X, Y, and Z, well, then that's great you know, maybe I'll get some people that feel bad for me, maybe I'll get a little sympathy, you know, but I won't get a life. I won't get a life from that, I will, I will continue perpetuating that pattern, because that's the story that I'm walking around telling. And so much, like you were saying, so much of the spiritual awakening journey is a self discovery journey. And most people don't want to start it, because they don't want to look at that. Because most of us have like a safe set point And We have this like emotional set point where we're like, okay, with a certain level of unhappiness. We're okay with a certain level of disappointment or frustration or anxiety. And so we're just like, oh, it's okay. I'd rather live in the comfort zone of being in discomfort around my finances, but getting to tell everybody I know about how my parents, it's all my parents' fault. They're the reason I'm like that. Right. So I'm going to be living in my studio apartment eating mac and cheese. So I'm yeah. gosh knows how old, but I'll get my story <laughs> and, and I'll be the victim and everyone will blame my parents. Right. And that's great. It's like, okay, okay but your parents aren't the ones that are in, you know, living in your living conditions. Your parents aren't the ones that are dealing with your, so what, they get a a bad PR rep, (laughs) but your life is suffering, right? And it's like similar to like the situation that happened to you. It's like, okay, you could, like, you can say, of course, this wasn't like an okay thing to happen. It was, it was, you know, you could say it was wrong, but if you're letting you, if you're letting your need for everybody to know how wrong that was or how you were wrong get in the way of you being productive, then then it's ultimately you're allowing it to hurt you repeatedly over and over and over, right? So a good way that you can like alchemize that is like you have a situation like that and say, okay, you know, the, my parents didn't teach me about money so guess what you know what instead of living in that victim story and letting it letting it perpetrate and just succumbing to whatever you know financial situation i could say you know maybe what a great thing i could do with my creative energy is to create an online program for teenagers about the basics of handling money for all of the many teenagers out there who also have parents who never taught them anything about money right? And you can alchemize that to actually make it productive. So now that thing that happened is, yes, it is productive, right? This happened. And so now I got to alchemize it and be like, for instance, with you, okay, so how can I look into, maybe I create a program so that we raise more awareness so that this doesn't happen again. So that's a possibility. You absolutely don't have to either, right? There's, we all have many things where we have opportunities to you know, veer off into victimhood, we don't need to make each and every one of them like a cause or a new thing that we do, some of them will naturally become that. And a lot of them we get to just say, you know what, that was what it was. And I'm actually choosing me and choosing my life and choosing to be, you know, a positive force moving forward by just releasing it.
0: You know, oh, man, I love it. Okay, so you, okay, have you ever watched the movie, of course, Misery? No. No, okay, so Misery, this is probably back in the 80s. I forgot the actor's name, but I would always name it Misery Loves Company. So let me give you an example of this, just because we're on money and for everyone out there to go into detail, because, you know, I'm an open book and stuff like that. But I came from a family. Now, again, I was one of those people that said, in 2007 and going into my second year of college, I said, I don't want to be scarce with money anymore. And I made the conscious decision to just start saving all my money. And so every check I got 70% went straight into the savings. I didn't know what I was saving it for, Cassandra, saving it for a rainy day, because I knew what my parents see. And the thing is, I could differentiate between me and my parents. So some people, they're like, oh, you're on welfare. I'm not on welfare. My mother's on welfare. You know what I mean? I have yeah. responsibility <laughs> for that. Now, my mom, I learned from this. And again, when my parents used to go shit crazy on one another, I looked and said, I know what I don't want to be. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I was always that person looking back. Yeah. The, the power got cut off at times. We didn't have any food. This is back in 95, 96, like ooh, a long time ago, but I never inherited saying oh man money is very hard to come by you know but in 2007 when i started to change it around i got a lot of uh pushback from my family in 2009, and i ended up booking a trip to australia for the first time and my family is like, "What the hell are you going to Australia for?" But what the hell? 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 You know what I mean? And I'm like, uh, yeah. "My money. What the? Why are you so concerned about my money?" Yeah. So when I came back to misery after I moved to Australia two years later, and so in 2012 I came back, I was like, "Oh man, this is pure misery. Th- these people. Oh, I don't have money. I don't have a job. I don't have this. I don't have that." And then i ended up falling into that trap for three months until finally i got my job back i started saving up again and i said i need to get the hell out of misery and since then obviously you know the rest is history in terms of how i transform but a lot of us again like like you said cassandra a lot of us they just we just take that that whole we accept the blueprint of other people and then we attention seek by telling everyone, "Oh, it's my mom's fault. It's this fault. It's just con- constant blaming." And we're recreating and reaffirming that idea that ends up becoming the bedrock of who we are. Remember, yeah. like the whole uh, black, 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 or uh, you know, black people are this, black people, black teachers this, that. You know what we had talked about before. I became the bedrock of seven ide- seven people out of the hundreds of thousands I've met throughout my life. The seven freaks the seven yeah. <laughs> freaks of society. Okay. This is what Brenda Bouchard said. Those seven freaks of society, out of the hundreds of thousands of people I've met in almost 34 years of my life, there were only seven freaks that ended up trying to transform the identity of who I was. And just like you said, is it true? No. Is it productive? Fuck no. Okay, yeah, look exactly. at right now, look who I'm attracting <laughs> into my life. So it wasn't until Going through, uh, there was some therapy that I went through, and this is probably something that you you know, you, 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 know, you provide in your courses and stuff like that too. But um, limited belief therapy. And one of them was, I don't have enough money or money is very hard to come by. And I wrote this down on a paper. I went through a one hour healing session and I went so bedrock way deep into what I didn't know how deep it went. It felt like I went like a mile deep underneath the iceberg. And it was just a week of just me just being, who I don't know what it was. I was just so out of touch with reality. But when I came back next, you know, I got an email from a girl saying, hey, can you coach me in this, this, this? And I said, me, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then it goes back to the, why me? Why me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, oh man, that is so important because the blueprints, the blueprints, Cassandra, we have a lot of blueprints, whether it's a social blueprint, geographical blueprint, African-Americans living in the same area out there in America and them saying, oh, why, why are African-Americans all living in this place? And I'm like, guys, this is a reaffirming idea that you guys are doing. What about me? I'm a little bit cappuccino. Okay. But at the same time, I'm still African-American. I'm still quote unquote, the black person in society through the eyes of other people, not through the eyes of me. See, I am a low, uh, I'm a latte type of guy. Okay. I (laughs) am a recreation of who I want to be. I am not who you want me to be. I am who I want myself to be. And yeah. so the, getting rid of those blueprints, uh, Cassandra, were there any, you know, whether it's money for a lot of people or whether it's I'm not good enough for this or that, these limited beliefs, how do you go about plucking away at limited beliefs?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's a process that um, I have some journal prompts that help you with that in the journal, but I also talk about it a lot in my courses, and I think it's funny, just before this podcast, I literally did um, a live workshop for my Divinely Design Your Life group, and we were talking all about your fears and how your, <laughs> your fears make you forget who you are right and so you have like the truth of who you are is like this beautiful shiny ball of like divine creation energy that is love and abundance and knows that it is creation energy itself so there's unlimited possibilities unlimited potential and then we have like you said whether it's parents society all the things and I think about it's like this bright shiny ball and all of a sudden you're like throwing all this like muck on it right now it's like dirt and like dirty rags and like all the stuff that's getting and so now you don't even see the shiny box you got all this stuff covering it right and so the process to magnetizing the thing that you desire being your best self manifesting stuff in your life is really just removing that muck so that your natural magnetic self that has infinite possibilities and potential can call it in because we focus too much sometimes in our society on making ourselves better right but the reason why I love this like releasing of fears and limiting beliefs and I think this is so paramount to everything is that the truth of who we are doesn't need to be any better the truth of who we are is like divine right it's creation energy it's perfect it's it's love it's abundance it's possibilities it's infinite it's mad it's like it's beautiful couldn't be more perfect What what actually we need to do, instead of trying to make what's already the best better, is release, like, get rid of all the dirty crap that we put on top of it that make us forget who we really are. And so that is, like, whatever, you know, whatever programming you grew up with, you know, and it's, like, different programmings around different ethnic groups different programming depending on where you grew up you know geographically different programs around your your particular lineage and family different programs on where you went to school what the kids at school said what the teachers said where you went to co- there's what you saw on the news what you saw on i mean we have so much coming at us trying to make us forget the truth of who we are that we need to be in a hygiene practice around releasing all these fears and limiting beliefs and stuff and so one of the ways that I guide people through this is actually thinking about what do you really desire like what is that big juicy vision for your life because I really believe that our desires are divine so the desire is like deep in your heart not just like your desire to have like a fancy Lamborghini so you show up your neighbor or whatever but like the real desires deep in your heart that you have for your life um, thinking about them and thinking about them and all their glory and all their expansiveness and then asking yourself, okay, what is everything in my mind that tells me that's either going to be hard? I might not get it. I won't get it. I'm not good enough. Like all the stuff, right? So for instance, if you go with the financial thing that we were talking about earlier, and maybe that person that's struggling financially is like, wow, like, one of the big juicy visions for my life would be able to have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in savings, right? And these changes you progress and grow, but just like wherever you're at right now, whatever that would be exciting to you right now is perfect. So it's a hundred thousand dollars in savings. So when you think about that, asking yourself, what are all the things in my head that say that that might not happen, right? And maybe it's like, nobody in my family was ever able to save that, maybe it's I'm not smart enough. I don't have a good enough job. I don't even know how I'd go about saving that. What if I got, you know, all of this, all of the crap that's going to come up? When you think about that, write it all down. Like get it, like get it out there on paper so you can look at it. So then you can go through that and one by one start cleaning it, right? So like thinking about it like if you're if you're trying to like I'm wearing like a cream colored shirt right now and if I'm just wearing this shirt And I'm wearing it day after day for like a month, right? By the end of the month, if I don't clean it, it's not going to look this color anymore, right? There's probably going to be some stains on it. It's overall just going to have like dirt on it. It's certainly not going to smell good. And that's kind of what happens to us as we (laughs) progress through life unconsciously, right? All of a sudden we can't even see ourselves anymore because we took so much of the dirt from our surroundings. And so this process is first, Before we're going to, before we're going to be able to return to ourselves, let's take an inventory of the dirt on our shirt. (laughs) Let's take an inventory of like all the things that actually aren't us and writing them down and going through them one by one. The, The most basic step was what I talked, what we just talked about. The most basic step is just questioning, right? And by you just even questioning that, you're already kind of loosening the belief. Right, because the, you just took that belief like at face value, unconsciously. You didn't even realize it, but you had a programming going that said that you'll never make a hundred thousand or have a hundred thousand dollars in savings because you don't know anybody that has, or you're never going to do that because you're simply not smart enough because you got you know uh, an F in fifth grade or whatever. Right, like you have all these things inside of you, and they were just running unconscious programings, so you never even really took the actions that it would take for you to have that amount of money and savings because you've been blocking yourself completely because if you self-identify as something that can't have that somebody that can't have the thing that you want you won't go for it right so if you're like i'm not someone that gets to have money then literally you're programming your brain to self-fulfill that prophecy right and so We look at all the fears. We go through the questioning with them, and then after we do the questioning, I finish the questioning with, "What would you like to be true?" So again, we're not like pretending like we're waving abracadabra and you can just change all of your things. But let's just start, just kind of like pick at it a little bit. You know, pick at the foundation and say, "Okay, well, you know, I don't feel like I don't feel like it's true right now. But what I would really love to be true is that I'm going to be the first person in my family." to have that much in savings right and so now we transform that no one in my family has had a hundred thousand dollars in savings and now the new thing is well what if I could be the first one right because now we're not negating we're not saying it's not true that no one in your family right because maybe it is true right but what is that doesn't mean anything about you maybe you could be the first and couldn't that be exciting and couldn't that be something to explore and something to have that in your head of, like, yeah, nobody else has, but what if I could be the first? Right. And so now we start shifting, you know, we start shifting them at their core by actually identifying what they are. And then I use even deeper tools that I'm sure you probably worked with when you were doing your limiting belief therapy and stuff like that. We do things like tapping, we do AIT, whereas you're removing them from your different energy centers. Um, I do bilateral reprogramming, which is like a version of EMDR. And we, we program all these things using energetic tools as well. But anybody that's listening to this right now can literally make such headway by just doing that inventory, asking those questions, asking themselves what I would like to be true, and, and even journaling a little bit on it. I think, you know, allowing yourself to focus on it and have one of the other easy things that someone that's listening can do right now is when you do your shifts. Write them in like the note section of your phone. So pick like your top five like nagging negative thoughts or fears right now. And then write them in the notes section of your phone with what the fear is and then what the turnaround is. Right. So now If you get back into a place, let's say you have a stressful work call or a payment that you're owed is late or something like that, and that nagging thought of like, no one in my family had good money or whatnot starts coming up, you can look on your phone and be like, okay, that that annoying thought's coming up that we're trying to get rid of, and you can look right below it and say, well, what if I'm the first person in my family that figures it out, right? Right. And so in that moment, you're going to start saying, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to allow myself to go down that path. I'm going to pattern interrupt it. And I'm going to reprogram myself so that every time that thought comes up and says, well, no one in your family knew how to handle money. Equally along with that comes, but what if you're the first, right? And the more you do that, the more that eventually that first thought will stop coming up and you'll just have the thought, what if I'm the first person in my family that gets to have real wealth?
0: It's just a push out. It's literally just a push out. It's kind of like, you know, what is it? Robert Kiyosaki, again, he would always say, I don't have enough money. And it's like, okay, well, that's a fixed mindset. That's a statement. That's something that you cannot build off. That's an idea you cannot build off. However, the what if, what if, or how can I make more money? See, that enables creativity, which equals the growth mindset. And yep. from that, it just continues to like, you're just peeling off everything. You know, when you're telling me that story, you know, if you watch like a lot of the Korean dramas, I was watching All of Us are Dead. It's the Korean Netflix film. And me, I'm a zombie apocalypse. Oh my God.
1: My my mom, my mom is obsessed with them, by the way. Oh, She's man. like obsessed with them. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, I don't watch enough uh, TV in general, but my mom yeah. loves all the Korean dramas.
0: <laughs> it, because you know, there's, there's just so, It's man, I'm telling you, like the best actors, I mean, they the best actors and actresses. And that's why, you know, and just plus the zombie apocalypse. But I just remember and seeing those images. And I know that this is something that people are dealing with in society of not feeling enough people who look in the mirror and they don't see themselves. And so when you started saying you got all this muck on your, you know, on your shirt and everything, people don't even realize it, but they have all they have a mask on them. That's not even theirs. So when they look in the mirror, they don't see who they are. They're yeah. totally confused to who they are. And so when you start peeling off some of these things and then you start doing that inner work, then you begin to see who you are and what you're capable of, because we just have a tendency of just accepting what everyone else tells us who we are, all those labels. And then we can't. when you look in the mirror and you're so depressed, then when suicide rates are sky high in South Korea and Japan and all these different things it's because of that right there and so that last one that I'm going to get uh, to talk about is the on the authenticity right and so mm. when we look at that and finding your voice right and being authentic and being that person you could who you could freely express who you are how important is finding your voice in the process of like peeling off these limited beliefs and be and authenticating who you are because that might be the like the last part. Not exactly sure. What you yeah.
1: Saying? Yeah. I think that, well, you just brought up, I just like grabbed the journal because when you were talking about that, um, there was a journal prompt that I that like really I remembered um, on self love before you just get to authenticity. But there was one of these prompts. There's all different prompts in here that are essentially doing what we're talking about, right? Just through the prompt, you're gonna have that shift in perception. You're gonna see something differently, and you're gonna be brought back to like the truth of who you are, and not just this like version of like you with muck on you, you know? (laughs) So there's a self-love one that says, we spend so much of our time thinking of much of our time thinking about what we want to change about ourselves. However, we're all divinely designed. So what are the qualities that you love most about yourself, right? And here's, it's a pretty, it's a simple prompt, right? It's nothing crazy, but it's a question that you, most people could go years without ever thinking about, right? And just being able to have that moment one day where you're showing up for your spiritual journey, journaling practice to be like, you know what, instead of thinking about how I need to you know, work out more and I need to study more and I need to get a raise and I need to clean my house and all these things that we think about all the time, what if today I started my day thinking about three things that I feel like I really love about who I am or three things I really appreciate, appreciate about me, right? Um, And there's a bunch of different, different ones. Um, Like there's this one on self-expression that's like, you know, our soul, our spirit wants to express itself in the physical. How do you enjoy expressing yourself? Do you feel that in your appearance, your home, your career, or anything other in your life that reflects your full expression? And if not, what would it look like? And so, you know, a lot of these questions are helping facilitate that distilling of your authenticity of who you really are like what is your essence because again sometimes people may not have thought of that right and I think this is you know the reason why I wanted to create this journal is because I wanted something accessible that's like a mini version of what it's like to coach with me because the best coaches mentors people that you talk to is not you know yeah they give great advice and wisdom but like I really think the the magic of it is in the questions you ask right and the things that you get someone to reflect upon and so all of these are helping someone get back to that that authentic version so just even thinking about this like how do i enjoy expressing myself how do i enjoy you know if you think about so much of our when we're in fear and we're, not, we're our default setting we're in survival mode so we have no time for creativity. We have no time to figure out what our authentic voice is. We have no time to do self-discovery, right? It's like, we're putting out fires, right? It's like, oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta feed the kids. I gotta walk the dog. I gotta make sure my boss isn't mad at me. I gotta make sure I pay my bills. I gotta do that And you don't even take the time to know who you really are, right? People at the office say that some clothing brand is cool. And everybody that you work with likes this one clothing brand. And you don't take the time to actually decide if you really like that brand, if that brand actually resonates with you, if it feels good, if it looks good, whatnot, You blindly just buy it and do that because you're like, well, everyone else is saying it's good, so it must be good. And I'm not gonna take that moment. Well, everyone else is buying purple couches, right? That seems to be cool. So I'm just gonna buy a purple couch instead of sitting with myself and saying, okay, my couch or something I put in my home, my clothing, all these things, my car, they're all an expression of me. So I can appreciate someone having a purple couch and being like, that's an awesome purple couch. And oftentimes, the times that you do see items or physical material things, and you really are like, wow, like that's really cool. A lot of it is because the person that bought them was in a, like, it was an authentic expression of their creativity, right? I'm sure all of us have that, like a friend in our lives that maybe dresses a little bit uniquely or has a different kind of style, but if it's so them and it's so authentic, it could be something you would never wear or never put in your home, but you love it because it's so clearly an expression of who they are as a soul, right? And so just giving yourself that time to actually ask yourself who, like, how do I want to express myself? what colors do I like I mean six it's simple things but it it is our soul our soul came here in the physical body to express itself through this incarnation and so part of that is everything is a is a blank palette tabula rosa right everything is is blank so your, how you decorate your home is an expression of yourself, how you start your morning is an expression of yourself, how you make your coffee, what you, uh, what you wear, how you do your hair, even like how you take a shower, right? These are all ways we could express ourselves, right? In our unique um, ways. And so sometimes I think, and, and why I was really excited to, to create this journal and put it out in the world is that we get so busy, you know just living on autopilot just like you know keeping up with the joneses or the kardashians or whatever people are keeping up with these days and we don't check in with ourselves and the thing is you can have all the nicest things and you can have all these like whatever fancy things but if they're not actually authentic to what you desire and your soul and expression of you then they're not going to bring you fulfillment it's not going to be joyful and um, and, and you'll just get to that point and realizing that then now you have to go do this work right the work is unavoidable
0: <laughs> right, right right oh man beautifully said uh, and right when you were saying that I've seen you know if you go to some of the university uh the universities out here the different areas near some of the prestigious universities you always see the very unique person I forgot what this is in psychology I heard it on this little this test preparation course that I teach a lot of students. But you're never going to remember the same people that buy the same thing. Like you were saying, purple couches, these cars, this car. You're always going to remember the person that stands out. And so the one that's wearing those big steel toe boots or the black boots with the laces and looks or has the pink hair or the blue hair, it's an authentic expression of themselves. This is exactly who they are. And they are not even fearful, especially given the fact that I live in Thailand of being judged by people. Oh, why does he have pink hair? Why does she have pink hair? Why, 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 why? They are literally expressing themselves through the creation of themselves, through their own expressions, like an art. It's an art. Yeah, and the thing
1: is, the thing is for so many of us, it's not even gonna be that extreme, right? Like I love, I love beiges and neutrals. If you ask anybody that like spends a lot of time with me, everything is beige and neutral. It makes me feel really peaceful. It makes me feel really happy. I recently went to a bachelorette weekend and because obviously it was not my bachelorette, it was hers. So she was wearing the whites, right? And I had to, you know, I had to get clothes that were like darker colors. And so I wouldn't, you know, be confused for the bride for this weekend. And so I wasn't wearing my normal clothes. And honestly, I did not feel as comfortable. I didn't feel like I was fine, like I survived. It's just a weekend wearing non, non-cream colored clothes for my friend. But I noticed the difference, right? I noticed I didn't feel fully at home. I did not feel fully myself. The outfits I were wearing were not a direct expression of who I am or not what I honestly would have chose. And it's fine, but sometimes having those little moments is actually nice because it reminds you that like nobody would look at me walking down the street and think I'm like, some wild creative expression, you know, like just wearing my like beige sweater and like, you know, tan pants or whatever, but it is right. But it is. And so it's finding whatever that is for you. And so for some people, it will be, you know, a little bit more eccentric, a little bit over the top. And for a lot of us, it's just going to be like, wow, there's certain colors I really like. Wow. There are certain fabrics I really like. Well, there's, you know, a certain style of like how I set up my home that really resonates with me. And even when you're thinking about like your, how you do business, right. Or how you handle your money. It's like even making that authentic to you and how does that, you know, how, how do you want to set that up for you in a way? And how do you want to start your day and all that? It's, it's all part of the journey because as you start getting closer to honoring those preferences What happens is it's very similar to you honoring your intuition, right? You connect to the truth of who you are and you let that guide you. So, on a very mundane, simple way, you can let it guide you to pick like a blue shirt or a red shirt that day or whatever. Um, But if you get used to trusting it in that way of being like, I don't know why I'm really feeling called to a blue shirt today. So, I'm going to wear the blue shirt. And then you wear the blue shirt and you feel good about the blue shirt, right? Or, you know, and then And then now it escalates. Now all of a sudden you have to decide what bank to put your money in, right? And you're like, oh, should I put it in this bank or that bank, right? And you still can have that that little intuitive voice coming out that you're like, I don't know, I just, I don't know why, which is always a hint that it's your intuition when you're like, I don't know why, but I just think I should do that, right? Right. And, and you start listening to that. And then before you know, it, with bigger decisions in your life, you start listening to that intuition, which therefore guides your life, right? It guides your journey to be of the highest good and to have more fulfillment and more happiness because you're constantly connected to the source and the truth of who you are
0: beautifully said if you say in blue i'd look at all my pants my suit pants blue my suit's blue i just realized
1: that just <laughs> <laughs> see sometimes it happens unconsciously you don't you know and you're just like wow this is just what i like you know and it makes you feel good yeah and, so and it'd be, and be a fun test like a fun test like go try on different color shirts right and you'll notice right now just that little refinement of like I don't feel as good wearing the red shirt or the green shirt. You know, I feel more myself wearing blue.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes even people point it out, like people at work, oh, you wear a lot of blue. And I'm like, and I look down, and I'm like, is that true? And then I go back to my wardrobe and I'm like, there is a lot of blue in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's yeah. how I feel like it, feel like I, you know, feel how I can express myself. So Man, that was beautifully said, Cassandra. Man, I just want to take the time to say thank you so much for everyone who is interested in that amazing spiritual journal. Again, it is just released. I believe it's, um, you know, I tried getting a copy, you know, but the publisher said, oh, we can't send anything international just yet, so it's all good. But the moment it does, it's all good. Um, it's going to be all in the description. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Is it an ebook? Is it an ebook form right now, or is it just in hard copy?
1: I think it's available in both Kindle and nice, nice. in hard copy. Well, it's a paperback, it's a okay. paperback, and you should be able to order it internationally, right? Um, I think you should be able to order it internationally as of today. I'm sure there are like you know, just go to wherever your local bookstore is. I know it's definitely on Amazon, like Target, Barnes and Noble, places like that. But if you look it up or you can request it and your bookstore can get it really easily.
0: Perfect, okay. Especially if it's on Amazon, you can get it internationally. So
1: fan- Exactly, fantastic. you can get it wherever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, right. So for everyone else, um, the if you're interested in meditation, if you're interested in the beautiful work that Cassandra does, again, her IG is a smoking. Oh my God. And that's when, you know, when you ended up reaching out to me, I was like, whoa, me, me, Cassandra, me? Oh my God, me, why me? <laughs> and then you're like, why not you? You know what I mean? It's the
1: whole yeah, thing. Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> I always see Denzel Washington's face. You know, when I, when I say that, why not you? Let's figure it out. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love so that. With with that being said, again, I'll put all the, the, the links in the description as well as the coupon code Arsenio for any of you who are interested. And of course, some of the courses that Cassandra has to offer this one specifically, a $100 off enrollment for the process. Again, please go into the description and check out all the courses. And especially if you're into meditation, you want to get into the basics and whatnot, She's got a couple of books out there right now, all of which are in the description. Cassandra, thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful talk so, so much.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And With that being said, for all of you who are listening to me from Benin to Guinea to Kosovo, Netherlands, Japan, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, you name it, Everyone, Bermuda, you name it. I'm so grateful for all of you, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure you share it, you like it, follow Cassandra, very easy to follow her, find her, especially on IG or anywhere. Just go on Google, Cassandra Bobzak. The name is obviously in the link in the description in the name, okay? (laughs) And so with that being said, thank you so much, and stay tuned for more, people. I'm your host, as always, over and out.